from ABQ United, I'm Emma Ward. I will be your reporter for today covering the court case regarding the stabbing of a man. I have done my best to assemble as much information as I could regarding this murder. Many questions are currently floating around as who to believe, who not to believe, and whether this boy is innocent. ABQ has been reporting since 1988 and has covered over 70 murder cases. I have dove into over half of those investigations and have spoken with these criminals. I've witnessed first-hand evidence and clues that have led to the solvings of these investigations. I'm very interested in a variety of cases and I have been doing this job since I graduated from Arizona State College. I minored in psychology and majored in language arts and public speaking. A major serial killer story that I have covered was the Ted Bundy case. Today, I'm reporting to you about a 19-year-old boy on trial for killing his father. For some time now, I've been looking into this case and gathering all the tiny details I could. Even if they seemed insignificant, they could prove very helpful. A boy's father was murdered nights ago, and the only suspect this far is the boy himself. As of now, we are aware these two men did not have a typical father-son relationship. They are constantly fighting and arguing with one another. Often, the father would strike his son. Some say this gave the son motive to stab his father. The question is, did he do it? We will hopefully find out soon. In the words of the judge, the boy was being charged with premeditated homicide. If found guilty by the jury, he would receive the death penalty. Prior to this current issue, the boy was convicted for stabbing someone in the arm, stealing a car, knife fighting, and mugging. At the age of 10, he was already in children's court for throwing a rock at his teacher. At the time of his father's murder, he claimed to be at the movies. There were two primary witnesses in this case. One was a 75-year-old man, and the other was a younger woman across the L-track. I sat down with the woman to see what she had to say about the case and what she saw. Hello, how are you today? Fine, considering the circumstances. Yes, I know what you mean. Let's start off with our first question of the day. What did you claim to see through the L-train window that night? I remember seeing the silhouettes of a tall figure and a slightly smaller figure. I assumed they were both men because their hair looked short. I recall seeing one of the men holding what looked to be a knife and then stabbing the other in a downward motion. Soon after, the man with the knife was no longer visible and I never saw where he went. That is very intriguing. Did you call anyone or report this when you saw it? No, I didn't. I thought that maybe I was just seeing things because it was late at night. Since I did not have my glasses on, I did not know if I was dreaming or if my eyes were playing games on me. It was not until the next day that I was made aware it was reality. Great point you have there. Relating to your glasses, what kind were you wearing? And how bad is your eyesight in general? Well, I never really had the best eyesight. Even when I was younger, I would struggle with making things out clearly. That's why my eye doctor prescribed me with bifocals that have very strong lens. Fascinating. Do you think that not having your glasses on affected what you saw? I don't think it did because I know what I saw. It was clear to see this young man stab his father. My glasses would not have changed what I saw. I must say, it is reassuring how positive you are in your claims. I must follow up though. Do you have any doubts about your statement or what you say you saw? I specifically remember seeing someone stab someone else through the window that night. There is no other explanation for what I saw. I believe that my statement is the only logical statement. 
Who else would be up that late, wide awake, and still acknowledging their surroundings? No one. I see that you are very confident in what you saw that night, but we have... Yes, I am very sure about what I saw. Okay, that's great. A good witness must be sure about their statement. That is especially since you are a big part of the case against the boy. Now, to my knowledge, some people have been saying you are an unreliable witness. They think since it was dark out, you were tired, and without your glasses, you would not have been able to see what you are claiming to have. Going along with this statement, my last question for you is as follows. Do you think the L train passing by affected what you saw going on in that room? It was very easy to see what was going on through the train's window because it was moving so fast. It was almost as if it was not even there. Besides, it was proven that you can see through a passing L train window. I hope I'm mistaken and did not really see what I thought I saw. I hate that this young man's life may be ruined. Hopefully, this young man did kill his father, if he did kill his father for the right reasons. Okay, thank you for answering my questions today. I hope you enjoy your evening. Thank you. That was one of the two witnesses answering questions about the murder. This woman is going to be a big part of the prosecution statement. Now, on to the next witness. This is an old man who claimed to hear yelling from above his room during the incident. Hi, I'm here with you today to ask you about what you saw and heard during this treacherous night. Okie dokie, just make it quick. I got bingo's night. Of course, we will make it quick. My first question for you is what did you hear from the room above you that night? Through the night, there had been constant yelling upstairs. Soon, the L train was passing by and I managed to hear the boy yell out to his father, I'm gonna kill you. It had it had to have been the boy because it was only him and his father living in the apartment. Soon after this, I heard a huge thud. This was obviously the father's body hitting the floor. There would have been no other explanation. Yes, I see what you mean. I was informed that you claimed to have seen the boy running down the stairs after you heard the thud of the body fall. Is my statement accurate? Yes, after I'd heard the thud, I got up from my bed and made my way to the front door as quickly as I could. When I opened the door, I managed to catch a glimpse of the boy running down the stairs. Like I had told everyone in court, it had only taken me 15 seconds to get my, from my bed to down the hallway. I must say, that is an interesting statement. Along with that, are you certain that the words you heard were, I'm going to kill you? And if so, do you think the boy was going to follow through with what he said? Or is it possible that it was an empty threat? Well, with how the scenario looks to have turned out, it seems he did follow through with it. And yes, in the moment, I did believe that he would have followed through with it. It seems as if you were able to recall this information rather easily. However, I still must ask, are you positive that it was the boy who you saw running down the stairs that night? And further, are you confident that it only took you 15 seconds to get from your bed to the hallway? To answer your first question, yes, I'm 100% sure that it was the boy. He had the same figure. Also, like I've said before, who else could have been running away other than the boy, the murderer himself? Now for your second question, it was definitely close to 15 seconds if it was not on the exact mark. When on trial, I knew that I had to sound certain it was 15 seconds. And if not, I was sure nobody was going to take me seriously. Yes, that makes sense. Regarding to the L train, they are known for being very loud. Especially in an apartment as close to the tracks as yours, it must have been roaring. How loud would you say the train was when it was passing you? 
And also, if it was loud, how is it that you heard so clearly what the boy supposedly yelled at his father? Well, the L train is very loud when passing by the apartment building, loud enough that it can muffle any noises. It was slightly difficult to make up the words that were coming from above me, but I clearly managed. Living there so many years, I would hear the father and boy fight nearly every day. The L train did muffle, ye- muffle the yelling voices, both of them, but I was able to make out what mattered. It was almost as if it was piercing through the rumble of the train. That is very compelling. My last question for you is one that has been highly requested by citizens following along with the case. I do not intend for you to take this the wrong way, but is it possible that you could have lied in your statement for attention? Of course not. That's a ridiculous question. I love my life. I love my apartment. I would never want anything more than what I have. There would be no point in me lying. And for attention? That is even more absurd. Yes, of course. Excuse me for asking such a question. Nonetheless, thank you for what I presume is your honest answer. I appreciate you speaking with me today, and I hope you enjoy your evening. With that, I conclude my interviews. In court, the jury returned with an innocent verdict. In other words, the boy was not charged with premeditated homicide. Additionally, he did not receive the death penalty. For some, they were relieved. On the other hand, select people were appalled at the idea of the boy being released. To review the case and interviews, I'm going to invite my colleague, Cameron Weindorfer, also from ABQ News, to do so. Thank you for having me today. I'll be going over today's case and summarizing everything that occurred. First, we had an interview with a woman who claimed she saw the act happening through an L train's window late that night. She stated she saw the boy stab his father with a knife. In the second interview, we spoke to the 75-year-old man who lives on the floor below the son in the father's apartment. He claimed to have heard the boy threaten to kill his father and along with that, the thud of the body falling to the floor. In addition, he claimed to have seen the boy descending the stairs down the hall. Some people do not consider the woman's statement to be authentic because she did not have her glasses on the night she saw the murder. Critics believe that her not wearing her eyeglasses could have affected what she saw that night. People also had a hard time believing the old man due to his age and him saying he could hear the yelling from upstairs even over the loud train sound. It was a bit of a reach. Detectives dove into as much of the evidence as they could to try and understand more about this case. This is thanks to the fact that they eventually wanted to avoid putting an innocent man in jail. With this innocent verdict, the young man was let free from all charges and was granted the permission to return home. Intriguing case, right? The jury must have had to put some real thought into what their verdict was going to be. Wanting to hear more? Join next week for another exciting case of a kidnapping involving 30 kids.